Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 29 of Barnes University Radio. Um, thank you for clicking the link. Thank you for tuning in on, on today's episode. Um, it's your friendly neighborhood scout, Charles Barnes. And today is going to be a very interesting uh, show. Uh, basically, last, I mean, recently, man, I've been getting, you know, quote tweeted. I've been getting replied to by the big dogs. I mean, I don't know what it is. I guess, I guess, uh, I'm not, I don't know. I, you know, it's nothing to be bragging about or anything like that. It's really a lot of it is misunderstanding and it probably is a bit in the way that, that I've seen recently NFL players in particular, how I don't want to use the word sensitive, but how responsive they are and how opinion opinionated they are to the critique of others. Um, if you guys notice, if you're in Titans land, for those that don't know, I, I pretty much talk about the Titans. I evaluate the Titans team. Um, I uh, scout players, um, do mock drafts, so so such and so forth. I mean, my story will tell itself by years in 2019. You, Titans community will definitely know who I am. But this is not one of those uh, self-promoting type of podcasts. This is talking about the opinions of certain NFL players and, and the qualifications in which um, players uh, have the ability to uh, to be critiqued on, I guess. I don't really know how to explain it because I feel like once you get to a certain area of life, you should expect everything. You know, once you get into the public light, literally everybody and their grandmother will want to talk about your play and what you do. I mean, it's life. Um, I've always thought that. Um, I, I also feel like, you know, we had a, a definitely a um, a very opinionated and a very polarizing release of a, a well-known safety, uh, DJ Swearinger, where he actually got released because of his comments talking about coaching. So I, I have a very interesting question to players who feel like you have to have these certain qualifications to talk about the game of football. So should DJ Swearinger have to be a coach to talk about the things that he talked about that got him released because you can't have your cake and eat it too. So if you want to say that you have to have this, this, and this requirement for certain people to talk about football, you know, and you know, Logan Ryan, you know, made this tweet and NFL players do it all the time. They always try to, you know, they use a lot of things for their motivation, something this scout said, and that's fine and dandy. But then when you want to actually bring it to the forefront, which I don't necessarily think it's the worst idea, but having football become some type of class is not what football is about. You know, um, like I said, and I'm not going to make it about me or some type of justification on why I am, you know, uh, credible to do what I do. You know, you guys know my Twitter handle, handle excuse me, at BU underscore scouting. You guys know how to find quote unquote receipts and using the search button. Uh, using the search engine so you guys do that you guys go and find your dirt that you have to on me and come with something that's all I have to say as far as far as what it comes to me but let me get down we're four minutes into this podcast for those that have stayed and you know and tuned in and and kind of kind of got where my mind is going with this where well Kenny Vaccaro 
the uh, safety, a safety, you know, I don't want to say the safety or a safety. It might be some type of uh, problem with that. But the safety for the Titans, a safety for the Titans, um, quote tweeted one of my tweets towards a fan who wanted to know what are some of the differences um, between uh, how the Saints use Kenny Vaccaro and how the Titans are using Kenny Vaccaro. I believe that the question was directed towards uh, the great, much respect to Lewis Riddick, but I knew that Lewis Riddick rarely ever replies to comment. I mean, it's hard to see them. So I was like, okay, you know, I know Lewis probably isn't. I know he's probably way busier than me. Let me just let this fan know uh, how he, how he's being used with the Titans from my observation. And I pretty much basically broke it down to a to a sense of not knowing this fan's knowledge of how I don't know if this fan knows what a nickel is I don't know what he knows what, if he knows what a dime is a diamond front I don't know if he knows packaging I don't know any of that so I pretty much break it down saying he pretty much in New Orleans he played as a nickel reserve strong safety from what I saw in space a lot um, blitzing around the line of scrimmage just a pretty much a nickel a nickel kind of guy in the box predominantly and then I said with the Titans I feel like the Titans are employing him as more of a strong safety and in my opinion if a if a safety is not the free safety predominantly the free safety therefore he is a strong safety and in a lot of terms it's more easier to say box safety than strong safety to me because I'll get into that but anyway I pretty much broke it down and said the, the Saints are used him as a nickel blitzer, round the line of scrimmage, had more read and reactive responsibilities as, a, as an extra DB in terms of that. The Titans are using him interchangeably with Bayard where he can play free. Yes, he can play free and more of a traditional deep half type of guy, deep middle type of guy, but he is being employed as a box safety in certain situations. So he quote tweets that and, you know, to be exact, this is what it said, and you guys can go see on this Twitter page. I said, I basically broke it down in layman's terms that in New Orleans, he was a freelance DB that had to re read and react. With the Titans, he's more so of a box safety that's interchangeable with the with the with uh, with Kevin Byard. All in a nutshell. It's probably more detailed than that. But he quote tweeted it. He decided out of, of all things to quote tweet that. And he said, I think his words were, definitely play way less box safety i definitely play way less in the box than i ever had and then he had like a inspector emoji so basically finding that tweet i probably wasn't too hard to find and then kind of calling out calling me out per se saying that i don't really play in the box that much as much as i did in in uh new orleans where where i foundationally find that um weird and kind of like trying to quote unquote when when these people that have a hundred thousand followers million thousand followers i don't have a voice as big as you guys so this is my way to document what's real and by the way i don't i don't feel any type of way towards kenny vaccaro i definitely is definitely making errol thomas and deshaun elliott my favorite texas safeties of all time that's a joke that's my humor but you know i feel as though it was kind of like you you, you kind of you know you might be 
you know, barking up the wrong tree in terms of, you know, I really do this in terms of Titans evaluation. And then it comes down to you never know if that random Twitter guy will be a guy that might be deciding your fate one day. You know, and I don't mean that as a threat or anything. I just mean that before you try to use this rhetoric of everybody thinks they're an analyst and everybody thinks they're a scout, you might want to just hold your horses and try to see where someone is coming from because even your answer to that tweet doesn't make sense. You quote tweeted something that I said in, in a very fluid motion. You tried to make it seem like my stance was you were just a box safety. I said that you played some, you play some box safety here, but you're interchangeable with Bayard. So to me, that's that's a compliment. If if, if Bayard is considered the best safety in the league, and you can hold you, you can switch out with him. That's pretty damn good. But you know, it was obviously taken in that light. So I just kind of I find it I find it weird that that's what was quote tweeted. That's what was brought to light, and of course, the people who. Of, a, of the same ideology, just because I don't have a check by my name, just because I'm not working for the franchise, doesn't mean that I don't put in as much work as beat writers, watch as much film as beat writers. And the main thing was, I was going off of data, and I and I really took more of a, a reserved, and you know, you could have it this time stance, in terms of, you, you know, maybe I didn't watch enough tape, blah, 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 blah. But after thinking about it, I'm like, I mean, you kind of... I, you know, it is, I guess it was kind of like, it is what it is because I butted into, because he was asking Lewis Reddick. I explained it in layman's terms. The guy liked my tweet. He enjoyed my breakdown. And then, you know, obviously Vaccaro saw the oversimplified version and took it to another level and not only took it to another level, but he only picked, and this is what people do a lot. They only pick whatever you say. You could write a whole novel and they'll select three words that they don't like and highlight that because I basically said you're interchangeable with Bayard predominantly in the box safety role to me box safety in today's football is very is a very relative term because perfect example let's say for the Titans buffs out there if Michael Griffin is the free safety back in the day Chris Hope would be the what the box safety, right? The strong safety. Throughout the terms of football, a box safety is either a safety that is pretty much a linebacker or a box safety is the opposite of the free safety. Because obviously, if you were a free safety, you would play that position. So when you look at the depth chart, depth chart, you see Kevin Byard, FS. Kenny Vaccaro, SS. If you're not the free, you're the box. That is that is a common layman's terms way to describe the strong safety. Uh, Ed Reed, his days of playing safety. If Ed Reed is the free safety, then Bernard Pollard is the box safety, the strong safety. This is how we describe positions very loosely and especially to layman's terms towards fans that might not know that jargon, may not know that terminology. And that is something that I use that Kenny Vaccaro wanted to highlight. When these when these type of things happen, to me, it's just a uh, pretty much an indicator knowing that I'm doing something right because I'm either I'm either triggering players, beat writers, people in general 
I'm either triggering them to certain some certain degree. They're either trying to chastise or crucify the wrong one. But at the end of the day, to me, and this might seem like a very, you know, I'm I'm talking kind of loud because, you know, it's a podcast. I want I want you guys to see hear my project projection because it's all good at the end of the day. You know, I want Kenny Vaccaro to go out there, you know, and have his best game of his career. Win the game. Have the, have the game on his back. Win the game. Send the Titans to their second consecutive postseason. I don't have any ill will towards him, but I will in my fashion because I am doing this podcast, something that I wanted to do this year to voice my opinions, put it on wax. I did want to be, and what I do is talk about the real life things that occur in my life. This happened. So if he has an issue with me, I'm probably going to actually at him. I'm probably going to actually mention him. I'm actually going to tag him to this podcast because I want you to know that I'm not some I'm not some guy because I can tell by his previous tweets afterwards, like highlighting Lewis Riddick and saying my man and, you know, and then retweeting something Juju Smith Schuster said about a scout that said he was off. So I understand the player dynamic of using, you know, you know, critique criticisms and using it to fuel your fire so if box safety made you feel some type of way go have three interceptions sunday night you know i don't know why you picked that one but you did and that triggered or that you know uh, every action has has an equal or opposite reaction it it made this podcast it birthed this podcast so if you you guys that listen to this you guys can mention kenny vaccaro Maybe, you know, we can talk about it. You can message me, get to the bottom of it, because I feel like, you know, this is this whole Twitter thing is made. If we would use Twitter and the Internet more of a bridge instead of burning bridges or calling people out because you have this prejudice against anybody that doesn't have a check by their name or I did this, I did that. Like I like I said, I'm not trying to boast or brag. This is not the. uh the episode to do that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like I said, I do think by the end of 2019 within the Titans community, I will be a prominent name, um, in terms of Titans, uh, analyst Titans evaluators and stuff like that, you know, and that's not like a bold proclamation. I just believe the arrow is pointing up for me in terms of that. And then I obviously have aspirations to consult with, help the team work for work for, if it comes to that situation, for the Titans. So I, I I really think, and it's also a lesson to everybody else, I think it's ill-advised to talk about certain people in certain lights, not knowing when the next time you will meet these guys. That's why I'm starting 2019, you know, with a fresh slate in terms of, you know, anybody that on Twitter or in real life that has any type of animosity with me, I hope that we're good. I hope we can bury the hatchet, move forward. And then I know that we're human. I know that People just don't like certain people, so that's cool. But I think it's very ill-advised to do that because you never know when you see somebody uh, and what type of position they'll be in regards to your future. So uh, that's really all I wanted this podcast to be about. Uh, I feel as though that, you know, uh, players that feel like you have to have this, this, and this in order to just speak about football. Um, I actually mentioned Dan Orvlosky. I'm going to call you Dan O. that's a really great color commentator, really great at breaking down videos. And I actually, after Logan Ryan tweeted that, I actually kind of added him and saying with sarcasm, which a lot of people don't get over Twitter, but I was like, well, gee, 
you know, because Logan Ryan mentioned if you're not playing football at the at the highest level, well, not at the highest level, at a high level. So I didn't know if you were talking about NFL in general or in the NFL, but playing at a high level, you had to play at a high level or take a course. And I was like, I wonder if Dan Avlosky is, uh, you know, uh, credible. I mean, he was a backup all this time. So I hope, you know, I feel like his criteria, he was not a starter, obviously, but he's one of the best, you know, color commentators, break, breaking breakers, you know, breakers down a film, if you will. He definitely is a great analyst in, in that light. So I was kind of like, I, I think that you're, you're, you're casting a wide net when you say, okay, what about assistant coaches that never played the game but are one of the best in the league? You know, so are you going to denote the coaches that are great in the history of this league that didn't play the game at the highest level? I don't think, I don't, I don't think Bill Belichick played in the NFL. I might be wrong. I have to go fact check. I don't think that Sean McVay played in the NFL. I have to fact check. You know, I don't think that a lot of these great coaches, then if you want to, if you have to do all this to talk about football, then, you know, there, there would be a very barren land in terms of football minds. I just think it's very simplistic. I think it's, I think it's honestly, I hate to use the word sensitive or getting in your feelings, but you know, you don't hear NBA players talking about that much. I don't know what's the reason. I don't know if NFL players are more temperamental, but I would never say that because it's the sport that I love. But but those are the type of players in my locker room that I would <clears throat> honestly say if my <clears throat> messages block out the noise, that would be one of the things that would be blocking out the noise because I think the Titans all too often, maybe it's because we're more of a closed or small market that the players hear a lot. Because Taze Sharp had the same sentiments earlier in the year. And I think maybe another player may have said the same thing. Like, we can't be getting to you guys that much. So, you know, I just, you know, win the game Sunday. You know, I, I just feel like as a player, that would not bother me. Like, what would bother me is the opinion of my peers and the opinion of my coaches. Not the opinion of fake analysts or you know, beat writers or anything like that. I wouldn't even pay attention to them. You don't know what's going on, you know, and all that these beat writers do and analysts do and stuff like that is they only talk about the best way they know how to win games. Now, there are some that go across the line. I don't think I crossed the line. I think that I broke something down in layman's terms. He picked something very minute within what I said and ran with it, tried to, you know, call me out. He could have easily said, nah, man, I, I actually do this, this, and this in a more personalized manner. But obviously, he was trying to prove a point. It's all good. Kenny, holla at me, man. Hey, it's all good. Vicaro, my my messages are open. You know, we want to talk about or you can ignore it. Who cares? But anyway, have a great game. <clears throat> Titans fans, show up Sunday. Might do another uh, episode 30 before <clears throat> the game Sunday. Thanks for tuning in. It's a Barnes University radio thing. I am your friendly neighborhood independent scout, Charles Barnes. Tighten up. God bless. Happy holidays.